Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio. This radio broadcast is a ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church, and our church is located in the heart of Jackson County, just outside of Dillsboro, North Carolina, at 138 Sutton Branch Road. And we would like to take this time and invite you, if you don't have a home church to be a part of or belong to, you're not attending or active in, we would like for you to come and to be a part of one of our services. We have Sunday school at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, worship hour at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., and a Wednesday night service at 7 p.m. with special classes for children and for our teenagers. We would love for you to come and to be a part of that. Also, you can find us on Facebook, listen to our podcast, find out more information about our church on our website at oldsavannah.org. Now, we had our drive through nativity this weekend, and so we have a special treat for you this morning. We would like for you to hear the message from the nativity. Join us now as we travel from Egypt to Bethlehem to Jerusalem to Golgotha, the Garden Tomb, and the Damascus Road, and we see the message, the greatest gift ever given. Truly, as we have traveled from Egypt to Bethlehem to Jerusalem to Golgotha, the Garden Tomb, and the Damascus Road, we have heard and we have seen about the greatest gift that mankind has ever known. Well, it's almost Christmas time, and it's a busy and exciting and wonderful time of the year. But with the busyness of the season, it is easy for us to forget about the real reason for the season. This is a time of year that we get together with family dinners and family get-togethers. We shop for the perfect gift, then we give and we receive great gifts, a wonderful time of the year, but may we be reminded at this time of the year that the the reason for the season is about the greatest gift that has ever been given. That gift is the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is our prayer today that you know him. The Bible speaks in Ephesians chapter number two and verse number eight, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I am reminded that this gift that the Bible speaks about was a gift that was promised by God many years ago as Adam and Eve fell in the garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number three she was deceived by the old serpent but God give a promise in Genesis 3 and 15 that out of the seed of a woman there would be one that would come forth and bruise the head of that serpent that would be a fatal blow friend and I'm thankful that as God made that promise in Genesis chapter number three and verse number 15 a God that cannot lie a God that comes through a God that is faithful every time. I'm glad that God gave forth that promise and it's been presented to you and to me. Every Old Testament sacrifice all through your Bible points to the promise that God give of the greatest gift that mankind could ever know. Then in Bethlehem, as Mary conceived of as a virgin young lady, conceived of the Holy Spirit of God, she there in Bethlehem, as Luke testified to in Luke chapter number two, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. This was a wonderful day because the gift that God had promised in Genesis 3 and 15 was presented to all of humanity. There the shepherds were in the field, and the angel came and said, Glory to the Lord, and shone round about them. And the Bible says those those shepherds were sore afraid, but the angels comforted them and said, I bring you good tidings of great joy 
joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. The promise was presented to humanity there that day. Then Jesus as a babe in a manger being all God but being all man. He lived 33 and a half years went about through Jerusalem. He done great and mighty miracles testifying to the world that he was the Son of God, the Christ that God had promised and he backed up his words by the works that he done. He fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. Never in one moment did he sin. He was perfect in everything that he done and he went, to, he lived through this life that he might go to the cross, that he might purchase the price that had to be paid so that this gift of salvation could be provided to all of mankind. There 33 and a half years old, Jesus was arrested in the garden. He came before Caiaphas and he came before Pilate and came before Herod and he stood before the crowd of his own people and the Bible says he came unto his own but his own received him not but thank God Jesus didn't quit thank God Jesus didn't give in Jesus didn't give up and Jesus didn't give out he went all the way to the cross that he might pay the purchase price that you and I could obtain the greatest gift that mankind has ever known there on that cross he was beaten he was crucified the most horrifying death that mankind has ever experienced or ever known there Jesus suffered on that cross for my sin and for your sin that you and I could receive eternal life that we could be freed from the bondage of sin that we could be forgiven that we could be redeemed that you and I filthy and nasty sinners might be able to go to God's glorious heaven and thank God as Jesus died on that cross he gave up his life there on the cross was taken down placed in a tomb for three days and for three nights but on that third and glorious day Jesus came forth victorious over death hell and the grave the purchase price had been paid and the gift of salvation was provided for you and provided for me now ladies and gentlemen as you're listening today by way of the radio you've traveled through from Egypt all the way to the Damascus road you've heard about how God give the gift there in Egypt to the Israelites. You've heard about how God presented the gift there in the manger in Bethlehem. You've seen how Jesus performed many mighty miracles, gave gifts to the blind, gifts to the dead, gave gift to the sick there as he lived and as he walked and as he done the miracles that he done. And then you've seen how on the cross he suffered that he might be able to provide this gift for you and for me. And then you've seen how uh, because he got up on the third and glorious day the apostle Paul was able to see a resurrected Lord and a man that was a religious man but yet a wicked and a vile sinner was able to be saved by the grace of God because Jesus provided that great gift for him now God done all that for those people that we spoke about but he was doing that for you as well ladies and gentlemen salvation is available to you today the gift of God in the Lord Jesus Christ salvation full and free is available for you if you will receive it just as this time of the year you'll come to the Christmas tree and there'll be gifts with your name written upon them and you go down and you begin to grab hold of that gift and you begin to open it and unwrap it salvation is much the same that gift has been bought that gift has been paid for that gift has been provided for you but you've got to be willing to reach down you've got to be willing to grab hold and receive that gift let me ask you this afternoon would you do that? Would you do that right now? Wherever you're at, 
whatever you're doing. If you're in the car driving down the road, would you pull over for just a minute? If you're in your home today, in this Christmas season, would you receive the gift of God? Would you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life and to be your Savior and to forgive you of your sin? And would you repent and turn from your sin and believe upon his name for salvation? Don't you want to go to heaven, friend? You can if you'll receive the gift of God. And if you're listening by way of the radio today and you're saved and beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that you're saved by the grace of God. I'd like to ask you today, are you enjoying the gift that you have? Are you doing the making the most out of the gift that you have? If you're not, would you pull over where you're at? Would you stop where you are and bow your head and ask the Lord to forgive you for not making the most out of what he's given you? And now I want you to go out and tell somebody else about what Jesus has done and let them know that what he done for you, he can do for them as well. God bless you. We love each one of you. We're going to bow our heads in prayer right now, and we're going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the time to be able to come on the radio today. Thank you for the narration through the nativity. Thank you for the preaching hour this morning. And Lord, we pray that you'd get great glory unto yourself. And I pray for every person that is listening by way of the radio today. I pray that through this Christmas season that they would be reminded of the greatest gift that they have ever received. And if there's one that's never been saved, Lord, I pray you'd reveal to them that they can receive that great gift of salvation that comes through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Lord, if there's one listening today, convict their heart, draw them to Calvary for Christ's sake, and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Egypt. I'm a Hebrew, a descendant of Abraham through Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. We are God's chosen people, but we are living in a desperate time. Egypt didn't start out so bad, but a new pharaoh came to power and has placed hard bondage upon our people. But God has sent a man, his name is Moses, and God has given him instruction for our deliverance. Each house is to take a lamb without blemish and kill it. Then take its blood and strike it with a hyssop upon the two side posts and the upper door post of the house. We are to roast the meat with fire and eat it. Let nothing remain until morning. God is sending a death angel to pass through the land of Egypt, and the firstborn of both man and beast will be smitten except for those in the houses with the blood upon the doorposts. We could never get out of Egypt on our own. We are too weak, and Egypt is too strong. But God has a plan. At midnight, the death angel passed over Egypt, just as God had said, and smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt and in Pharaoh's house. There was a great cry that went out in Egypt and not a house where there was not someone dead. This softened Pharaoh's heart to let us go. Freedom, deliverance at last. This is a great gift we have received. As years passed on, the Hebrew people celebrated their deliverance from the mighty hand of Pharaoh every year at the Feast of the Passover. This pointed to a greater deliverance from a deeper bondage. For since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, there has been a bondage on all of mankind, the bondage of sin. This bondage was just as the bondage of Egypt, growing greater each day and more than humanity could bear. But just as God had a plan for the Israelites in Egypt to be delivered, a plan that pointed to the greater plan, a plan foreordained from the foundation of the world, a plan to deliver man from the bondage of sin. It was a virgin named Mary and to a carpenter named Joseph in the small town of Nazareth that 
angel Gabriel declared his message from God. On that night in the little town of Bethlehem, God sent his son wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, the son that would save his people from their sins. Can you imagine what Mary and Joseph and the shepherds that saw Jesus thought that night? He was a constant reminder that God does not make mistakes. He was the answer to every question I had ever asked. I didn't believe that at first. Everything started out so wrong. Why me? How can this happen? You know, what would people think? People told me I was a fool, blind to the truth, too trusting for my own good. But deep down in my soul, I knew something special was happening, something bigger than my fears, something better than my plans, someone greater than my doubts. My journey began with confusion and fear. But slowly, with each passing day, I, I came to see the beauty and the blessing of God's presence as my son grew inside of me. It was a strange mixture of human limits and to find love, culminating in that one moment when I saw his face for the first time, I realized God was with us. It was the good news that we never knew existed. Every day was the same day for us. When you guard sheep for a living, any distraction is welcome. But that night was more than we'd ever hoped for. The silence gave way to the sacred. The simple gave way to the supernatural. The bleeding of sheep gave way to the crying of a child. For a world in need of joy. For the earth in search of peace. It was such good news we could not help but spread the word. A Savior had been born. As Jesus grew into a man and began his earthly ministry, he went throughout Galilee calling disciples and performing miracles that no one could explain. He gave sight to the blind, hope to the hopeless, life to the lifeless, and strength to the weak. Jesus went throughout the country proclaiming to be Christ, the Son of God, but he also proved it by the supernatural things he did. The sight to the blind, the healing of the sick, the raising of the dead were all extraordinary gifts to those who received them, but Jesus was getting ready to provide the greatest gift that would be available to all. Jesus came into the world as a humble babe born in Bethlehem, but from the time he was born, he was on his way to the cross. His entire life was given that he might once and for all break the chains of the bondage of sin, bridge the gulf between sinful man and a holy God, and provide salvation to whosoever will. I'm Simon the Cyrenian. I could not believe what I saw as I came to Jerusalem. It was the feast of the Passover, a time of celebration. However, things were much different this year. A man called Jesus had been condemned to die. I saw him beaten and then whipped with a Roman scourge. At that point, he was unrecognizable but did not open his mouth, nor did he speak an ill word. Yet through the torment he was suffering, he had a look of compassion upon his blooded face. Then suddenly they laid him upon a cross, this the same cross that he would be nailed to, and began to make their way to Golgotha, known as the place of the skull. As he marched toward Golgotha, a Roman soldier reached into the crowd and compelled me to carry his cross after him. What else could I do? 
I've seen many men put to death. Unfortunately, it's part of being a Roman soldier. But that day was a day I'll never forget. It was the Jews' Passover. Many people were in Jerusalem, so it made the perfect time to make an example out of two men who were rebels by crucifying them. They deserved the punishment they would receive, but the night before their death, the Jews arrested a man named Jesus. He seemed like a good man, but he claimed to be the Son of God. The Jews considered this blasphemy. They didn't believe him and wouldn't receive him. As they brought him before Pilate, even he couldn't find no fault in this man. But caving under the pressure of the religious leaders and the crowd that was crying, Crucify him, crucify him, he allowed this just man to be put to death. Not just any death, the death of the cross, the most horrifying death I've ever witnessed. I heard words I've never heard before from a man, tormented at the hand of another. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then at midday, the sixth hour, there were three hours of complete darkness. At the ninth hour, the silence was broken. The darkness was lifted. Jesus, this dying, weakened man, cried with a loud voice, saying, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And a great earthquake shook the earth. I was convinced, certainly this man was the Son of God. Everything he had ever said was true. For the bondage of sin to be broken, for us to be forgiven, the gift of salvation had to be paid for. Jesus died on the cross for sin as the true Passover lamb to satisfy the debt of sin that had incurred since the fall of man. The price was paid. God was satisfied. The devil couldn't stop it, for in three days something happened. I stood outside the tomb in disbelief and brokenhearted. I do not understand why Jesus had to die. As I stood there weeping, two angels appeared, saying, Woman, why weepest thou? As I turned around, there was a man I thought to be the gardener. But as he spoke my name, I knew his voice. It was Jesus. Everything he said was true. He's alive. When I thought I wouldn't receive what he had promised, there it was before my eyes. I am the Apostle Paul. I've definitely not always been an apostle nor a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but let me tell you my story. God changed my life. I'm a Jew, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew, raised to be devout to my heritage. I'm a Pharisee and the son of a Pharisee. I've had great zeal in my religion, so much that I persecuted the church greatly. In those days, I was known as Saul of Tarsus, and though I was religious as any Jew could be, I was a wicked sinner and wrought great havoc upon the church until one day. It all started in Jerusalem. A man named Stephen preached Jesus as the Christ as I have never heard it before. His words were not filled with intellectualism, but were powerful. They were spoken with truth and with great authority. Because I was so prideful, rather than admit he was right, his words enraged me as well as the other Jews listening. I consented to his death and stood there as men laid their coats at my feet and picked up stones to begin to stone him. I watched as the stones began to crush his body, and he said the most unlikely thing for a man being put to death. He had a look like I had never seen, and before he died, he cried, Lord, lay not this sin at their charge. I was pricked to the heart from that day, but still continued my persecution more than ever. I remember heading for Damascus with letters in hand. Something wasn't right. I couldn't forget what I saw on Stephen's face and the words that he had said. On the Damascus road that day, the Lord shined a great light from heaven so bright that I fell to the earth and heard the Lord say, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I said, Who art thou, Lord? In that moment, the words and voice I heard changed my life forever.
He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. On that day I was given mercy, although he should have killed me and damned my soul to hell for all I had done, but he didn't. He gave me the greatest gift I have ever been given, a gift I did not deserve, the gift of salvation. Now, everywhere I go, I can't stop telling about this great gift and its availability to all who will receive it. Satan came right by my side, making me feel low. He brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along my way. He said, You're undeserving, cause I know where I've been. I've had a record of your life when you were bound by sin. I know your darkest secret that you would never tell. What makes you think you don't deserve a place for me in hell? I heard the old accuser and this was my reply. You're right for all the things I've done I sure deserve to die My righteousness is filthy rags My goodness is unclean There's only one thing I can say For what you said to me It's under the blood Of praise of dear name I'm not what I used to be My life has been changed Not shackled by sin and shame It's already gone I'm happy reminding you It's under the blood Victory was given me When I was born again He washed my saint and sinful past and put new life within. No longer do I bear the mark a sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God, I now can say it's under the blood of praise their name. I'm not what I used to be. My life's been changed. Shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. I'm happy reminding you it's under the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me? All again, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's under the blood of praise is dear name. I'm not what I used to be. My life has been changed, not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. 
been in church my whole life, and I thought I was saved. The church went into revival about three years ago, and Steve Reinhart was preaching. The Lord started dealing with me. I thought I was saved, so I really didn't know what the Lord wanted me to do. I prayed for the Lord to show me what it was I was to do because I thought I was saved, and for him to put it right in front of my eyes so clear that I couldn't mistake it. We went shopping in Nashville one day before revival that night, and I went and used the restroom. And on one of the bathroom stalls I went into, there was a gospel track laying on top of the toilet paper holder. It said, God's simple plan of salvation. I had prayed for God to make it so clear to me and to put it right in front of my eyes, and that's what he did. I turned the track over, and it was from Steve Reinhardt's church. The Lord started convicting me in my heart and let me know I was lost. I prayed all the way home, and when we got back, we went to the tent where we were having revival. I got on my knees and asked the Lord just to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and save me. He saved me, and that was the greatest gift I have ever received. Thank you, Lord. Well, this is Kevin Morgan. I've um, I've had a lot of gifts in my time, but I've had one that was stuck out and was better than all the rest. It was um, August the 20th, 2016. I got saved. Uh, I got I was at the kitchen at our uh, church. I I asked um, for forgiveness, and I asked uh, the Lord to save me, and. And he saved me, and um, that was the greatest gift of all. And if you are out there and you're not, you can look in the Bible, as many do at Romans 10, 9, John 3, 16, and you can uh, do the same thing that I did and get saved. But that's the best gift of all. And thank you, and I hope to see you in heaven one day. I was raised in church my whole life uh, from the age of, I guess, two weeks old. Uh, my dad and mom took me to Trout Creek Baptist Church and uh, was raised in church my whole life. My dad is a Baptist preacher and uh, taught me the Word of God and taught me what Jesus could do for me. And uh, seven years old, I made a profession of faith and uh, didn't get saved then. I went all, all the way up through school, um, and all I really cared about was... Uh, things of myself, things for myself and not for anybody, not the things of God. And uh, at 21 years old, I made another profession of faith at Wilmot Baptist Church and uh, just was sorry for the way I was living. I, it was that worldly sorrow, not godly sorrow. But uh, then I lived all my life up through there to the age of about 27. And uh, God sent a revival my way. Um, Two week, was two weeks long, and um, God had been dealing with my heart for about a year. I'd been under conviction, and I didn't really know what was going on, and I'd wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning time after time and time after time, and it just uh, I didn't really know what was going on. And time got closer to this revival meeting, and uh, God began dealing with me stronger. Conviction kept coming stronger and stronger. And um, the first night of the meeting, um, Brother Patrick O'Dell preached the message, on uh, the parable of the sower, and I went home that night and wrestled with the Lord, uh, rejected uh, 
God's plan of salvation. And then uh, got up that next morning, was really confused, didn't really know what was going on. I just know something was bothering me and uh, didn't know if I was saved or lost and didn't know what was going on, just really confused. And uh, that uh, that Monday morning, got up, and then we went to church that, that Monday night at the revival meeting. And Brother Boston got up, and he preached his testimonial message, and I'll never forget it. And uh, God God dealt with my heart that night, and I rejected it again. And I went home, and, and the Holy Ghost followed me home. And, and I wrestled with that and wrestled with that. And I uh, got up that Tuesday morning, and uh, I got the Bible down. It's like my daddy always told me to, and I got over to Matthew chapter 7 and over verse number 16 and got to reading about the fig tree over there and the fruit and all that and then got in over there where it said many in that day was saying to me i did this and did that and and i was part of that many and uh i began offering up the lord what i'd done my works and well i attended church and all this and that well god didn't want that he don't want our works and uh god began showing me right there that i was lost and uh undone and I remember shutting that Bible and trying to go into uh, the bedroom there, and, and I it was, still had pride in my heart, and I figured, I said, well, I'll get down here, and I'll I'll pray, and I won't have to tell nobody, and uh, that ain't how God works, <laughs> and uh, so I just got up. I figured it'd be just like every other time, and then uh, I got up, and I thought that was that was it. I said, well, I'll, I'll just I'll die and go to hell off church pew, and uh, I went on to church that Tuesday night, and uh we got there, and Brother Patrick got up, and I'll never forget the message that he preached. He said, I don't know why Jesus loves me, but I know that he does. And and uh, we went through the service, and the invitation came, and the brother got totally singing because he loved me. And I remember standing there, and the Holy Ghost came knocking, and he spoke one word to my heart, and it was lost, lost, lost. And the devil on the other side was saying, you don't need to do this. Your family, what are they going to say? What What are you going to say? Well, you know, you've lied. You've done all this. What are they going to think? And, well, at that point in time, I didn't really care. <laughs> uh, pride had, was gone out the door. I wasn't going to go to hell for anybody. And I remember nudging my wife, and I looked at her, and I said, Honey, I'm lost. And I made a left step down the aisle and got an altar and asked Jesus to forgive me my sins and to save my soul. But I believe I was saved before I even got down to that altar. Uh, but that's the greatest gift that a 27-year-old man could ever get, and I thank the Lord for it.